0: Need some, yeah, we need yeah. some weeds what's up everybody <laughs> Lil bobby customs was on top of it today. he's know. like first one Thank in he's cousin. like hey hey um, oh
1: happy 420
0: happy 420 we are um we are in uh the midwest celebrating the 420s so we're in uh, missouri right now Woo uh, we're at the cola lounge for those of you in Missouri, definitely check out the Cole Lounge. They've uh, moved locations. they got a new location now and it is fantabulous, and there's less steps, and we like it. <laughs> <laughs> we love the other one, but we love this one, too, and we'll probably love this one more. What's up, Kelly? Um, giving everybody a chance to get in here right now. I have to open my drive because I need all of the notes that I can get today. Um, but for those of you joining us, as you know, we're about to get this session started. So thanks for showing up for us today. We're rolling rolling it up right now. We are doing the thing. Uh, for, for those of, Oh, what's up next? I got, I got some, I got, (laughs) um, so, uh, for those of you joining us, uh, welcome to the show. This is an adult content show. Uh, I'm sorry, I started in the middle. Thank you for sharing. Please share, 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 especially if you're in Missouri. We want as many Missourians on this one as possible. Uh, It's about that time. You are about to get highly educated with the Cannabis Closet Podcast with Canna Queen. That's me and MJ. That's her. Um, This is an adult content show with no limitations on subject, language, or actions. We gonna say what we want, do what we want. That's what we do. Um, Opinions, views, and expressions may or may not be that of the host. That's us. Our guests, that's the people that's going to be here, subsidiaries to our show as well. Uh, it's time to get the session started. Thanks for rolling up and showing up. And here we are. We're going to get the show started. We do have a couple people in the audience today, but um, a few more people might show up. Um, so we'll keep that, um, that line down right now. But We do have a camera, so if we have some studio audience, we'll show them off and get some questions from y'all. Those of you in the comments are welcome to ask questions today. We would love, we want to know what your questions are, especially those of you in Missouri who have questions about this ballot initiative and what it means for you as a Missourian. We want your questions. We want to be able to answer them because we want you to walk away with an understanding of what you're going to be voting for on November 8th. Um, Today, Uh, On the show, we've invited a few guests, Uh, the guests that we have on uh, currently, and we're waiting for, uh, hopefully, a few will um, be in. Um, We have um, Wiley Price actually in the studio today. Um, We have Christina Thompson and Nate Bowman are here as well. Uh, Thank you for tagging all of those individuals. What's up? Uh, Thank you, Missouri, for showing up for us. We appreciate you. And um, we're going to get started here and just, okay, here's the message. Is there a code? No. No there. You guys didn't have to put a code or anything in. Just n- shake your head or yeah, nod your head. Okay, good. There's not a code. So Melanie is on her way. Um, we're just, we just got to get her in in here with the right code. Uh, access so
1: Ooh, we see you we see our numbers if you're in the comments yes. say hello say hello say hello um, so if we, we don't know you're here first things first
0: let me um, bring Wiley price in because he's just standing over here waiting for me to, to let him sit down his chair. So, uh, I'm gonna get out of his chair and let him sit here and um, and then we'll bring our other guests that are in the waiting room on as well okay so welcome to the show <laughs> Thank you for joining us in studio. It's a rarity that we get in studio guests, so we're super excited about it. Um, So this is Wiley Price. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Sure. I am a uh, two-term state representative. Um, Some of my top priorities in the uh, legislature when I came in were voting issues um, and uh, legalization of marijuana, uh, which either was very popular when I got there, and uh, when I got there, we were trying to do some very suppressive voter laws, and there wasn't a conversation around legalization of marijuana. Um, I had help with that. It was simultaneously the uh, mid-game was coming into play. Um, so at that point, myself and a couple other Republicans, as well as uh, some friends on the Democratic side, of course, uh, specifically Ashley Van Manlove, uh started pumping on criminal justice reform. Uh, early in the game and then that turned into a full-on rec bill in 2704. Um, so uh, the rec bill was a little bit more expansive a little mm-hmm. bit more comprehensive uh, and uh was was a, a lot more um intentional uh and in, in how it helped people that really needed to be helped as far as like resetting in regards to this industry
0: yeah and that was an old that was a bill that didn't pass yeah it was, uh, was not the house bill
2: too right now Okay. You know, very very commonly referred to as 2704 for the uh, 2022 session.
0: All right, and then so I'm sorry, we're of course having technical difficulties with my mouse. I'm going to bring both of our um, in our uh, guests in here. Hello, Christina Thompson. A lot of your hey. guests and Nate Bowman are here. Um, keep your questions coming. We're gonna we're definitely going to go back and look at them and ask those questions. Can you still hear me? Okay. Yes, we can hear you great so um, and yes, we will speak up on this side. Thank you very much for that uh, little piece of feedback. So let's start because you're at the top of the screen. Uh, Christina, tell us a little bit about your background and uh, show me Can of Freedom is the page that you run. Tell us a little bit about you
3: yeah, so um basically I Started off, um, you know, working in advocacy just kind of behind the scenes, um, you know, with people that I personally knew. Um, I had a very close friend of mine. Um, He actually, he he died without access to um, medical marijuana. He died from cancer um, without access. We have no idea if medical marijuana would have helped him because of the obstacles that were put in place by the current medical program, you know? And I don't know how many people know this, but Amendment 3, is drafted by the same people who did our medical program, um, and you know, after witnessing him die the way that he did, um, it just it really um, prompted me to to get involved. You know, I realized that you know patients across the state are suffering, you know, without access, and it's not right. You know, and the system has a lot of flaws that needed to be addressed, and you know, I, I felt. That um, a lot of the flaws were intentional. um, And as a result of that, you know, um, I I really dug into the initiative. Um, You know, we ended up forming our group, you know, a handful of us formed this group, um, you know, to raise awareness about the initiative um, and how it's not going to help patients in the state. So, based on that, um, you know, or interestingly enough, you know, whenever I started it, it was for patients in the state. You know, I was advocating for. Um, you know, other people, you know, including myself, because I was a patient at the time, you know, for, um, you know, a completely different reason, um, you know, but then, you know, just a couple months ago in August, you know, at the beginning of August, um, I went to the ER and I discovered that I have ovarian cancer, you know, so all of this advocacy that I started out doing, you know, for sick and dying patients, ultimately, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was advocating for myself, you know, and um, I'm experiencing firsthand, Um, a different side of patient access that, um, I didn't know before because I'm now seeing it, you know, from this side of the table. Um, you know, and that's basically how I got started and where I am now, you know, I, uh, I just, I have a, a, a passion for wanting, um, wanting people to, to have access, you know, it's basically, it's about access. It's about affordability. You know, um, no patient should have to choose. I watched my friend choose. Um, he, he, he had to choose his life, you know, over. Um, sorry. Um, the choice that he had to make, nobody should have to make.
0: Right.
3: We'll just put it that way.
0: Um, uh, yeah, hopefully I answered your question. I don't know. Yeah, maybe yeah. We'll do you a little more than. And thank you for your strength and and your advocacy too. Um, and then we have Nate Bullman as well. Nate, tell us a little bit about your background and yeah, tell us who you are. I, we haven't had you on the show uh, before, so this uh, welcome, welcome to the show.
4: Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. My name is Nate Bullman. Uh I consider myself a medical marijuana advocate and a former uh, YouTuber slash podcaster uh, here in Missouri, where I covered uh, the ins and outs of the industry, political, um, uh, covered Jeff City's movement in the medical marijuana uh, field, and overall patient education.
0: Awesome. Um, Thank you for coming on the show today. So I just want uh, everybody to know that everybody on the show today is is, uh, an advocate for legalization. So when we have a conversation about vote yes and vote no, it has to do with um, what what are we voting for specifically. And that's the conversation we intend to have today. Um, So I'm working on getting Melanie here. She's having an issue with the link. So I sent it over to her on Facebook, and hopefully she will be here momentarily. Um, so we have a Wiley and Christina here on um, the vote no side of this debate. And then Nate and Melanie will also will be here uh, for the vote yes side of this debate to tell you why you should vote no or vote yes for this particular amendment, which is Amendment 3. Um, to be clear, an amendment is different from a, a legislative legalization. So an amendment is going to change your constitution. It's going to amend your constitution. Um, it's relatively set in stone. It takes a lot to get those things changed, um, to get laws changed. So once they're in place, that's that's what we're going to be living by. With the uh, legislation that's that's passed by a legislator um it's voted on in uh your state uh by your state representatives and um and then it's passed through that legislation um the thing about legislative laws is that they can be changed over time which could be a good thing could be a bad thing just depends on what changes we're talking about making so just kind of like a brief synopsis a a real quick brief uh, on on the difference between one versus the other. Missouri has had the question of both in front of them this year. Um, There have been a couple of uh, legislators that have worked on trying to get laws passed. And then we have also amendment three on uh, on the ballot this year for November 8th. Um, So thank you for tagging everybody. Uh, We're gonna get. We're gonna go ahead and get started, and hopefully Melanie will be here in a minute. I'm trying to. I'm trying to um, take our time a little bit so that gives her a chance to get in here. Um, We want to have a a fair discussion um, and and have you hear both sides, which is why we wanted to set this up. We're super excited to be in Missouri for this discussion, and we appreciate you guys, uh, those of you who are attending, to help us have the conversation, and those of you in the comments as well um, joining us for that. So um, we're going to just jump right in here, uh, I suppose. So I just want to start with um, – with, uh, we, we've already answered the question, are you for or against Canvas Prohibition? I feel like everybody's on board for this. Everybody wants to end Canvas Prohibition. Am I correct about that Absolutely. by all of our panelists? Yeah. Um, so uh, we'll start with why would we vote no to end Prohibition? Why, why would we do that? Um, I can give the floor to either you, Christina, or who wants to start this conversation?
3: I would personally love to hear what Nate has to say. As you said, you know, this is the first time he's been on. We've asked, you know, Legal Mo 2022 supporters to get on, you know, these public shows and you know have a conversation about it. And I personally would would like to hear that stance, you know, for the first time um, on a on a show like that. If you don't mind, Nate, you know, that's completely up to you. So,
0: okay, so I'm sorry. Say that. Say that first part of what you said again, because kind of <laughs> like to have Oh, you would like to have Nate lead off. OK, well, then absolutely. Let's do that. Absolutely. Lead on this.
4: Yeah, that's fine. So the question is, why would I vote no? Well,
0: the question on the table was, why would we vote no to end to end prohibition to? Um,
4: I don't you know. That's what I'm on. here to figure out. So, so I guess my
0: question to you is, then why should we vote yes for this particular bill that does end prohibition?
4: Okay. So, well, that's a long list. So with any bill, you got the good and the bad. So a lot of the things that I like in, uh, in amendment three is it goes, uh, farther than most states have gone in the expungement process. Uh, most states don't even allow sales to be involved in the expungement process. Amendment three does, uh, gives access to anyone 21 or older to recreational cannabis. You get to grow your own. Uh, it expands on the medical program, uh, your card is now good for three years instead of one uh it expands the number of caregivers that you're allowed to have uh it actually expands your possession limit and i actually hear john Payne did an interview in in npr last night and he actually got it wrong so he said that the possession limit for medical holders is going to go from four to six ounces but the truth is the way that amendment two is running the possession limit is actually going to go from four to or from eight to 12 ounces. It is currently eight right now, and it will go to 12 ounces under amendment three. These are all great things. Uh, You know, I think what you'll find is most of us agree when it comes to licensing, right? You're not going to get a whole lot of argument out of me uh, when it comes to licensing. But my argument is, is the argument for licensing has passed Uh, the resistance, multiple resistances have failed going up against new approach Missouri that is now rebranded as legal Missouri 2022. Uh, and there seems no realistic path to an open licensing system, which I would support. I think, like I said, we're going to agree on that point. My argument on this show today is going to be that the time for that is passed and it's hard to overlook everything else that's good about this bill when it comes <clears throat> just to licensing.
0: Okay. <clears throat> and then, uh, Does so so you so so all of the points that you made are made in the bill. It would uh, create legalization Um, there. There are some questions that we have about the licensing that we're going to get into Um, and and about the expungement as well that we're going to also get into. Um, It's going to increase limits on the medical side uh, as well. So it does it does make some changes to the medical um, to the medical laws as well um and overall it's going to be legal in the state of missouri like overall that's that's the end result is that people are going to have access to it absolutely okay and so um why why then would we vote no on this bill
4: i don't understand i mean I, i'm not going to say it like that because i do understand why why some people will vote no there's a uh, uh, you know especially amongst the old heads there's this belief that cannabis should be regulated uh, like a tomato and i find that hard to argue against but we're so i understand why those people who have spent their lifetime working for that goal that specific goal would vote against this but anyone else it's kind of a hard sell for me to understand why they would vote no
0: Right. Um, so, what do you want to, which one of you wants to start that rebuttal on that? Why would Go we vote no? Christina.
5: Christina? Well,
3: oh, me. Okay. Now I'm up. You can see it gets yeah. to do to me, but why, I just make why, no?
0: <laughs> why would we vote no? Um, and man, would, you're in the comment section. If you could check your inbox on your um, Facebook, I did send you that link again. Hang on one second. That's for Melanie. That's
3: oh, okay, okay. Sorry, I was like, wait, what? I have to check something. Oh
0: no, you're good.
3: All right. So why do we vote no? I mean, honestly, like, you know, all all of the points that I actually just answered this question in in uh, uh, another post and in another group, uh, just like yesterday or the day before. You know, there are some good things in the amendment. You know, the problem is, is that those good things do not outweigh the bad. You know, yes, we want legalization. We want an end to prohibition, but the cost is too great in this. We're not talking about immediate effects. We're talking about long-term effect. You know, what is prohibition going to look like? What is this going to look like in 50 years? You know, what is this going to look like for our children and our grandchildren? You know, that is what the concern is for the people who are in the vote no um, side of things. You know, we're looking at um, all of the, the, the consequences that will be set into motion as a result of this. You know, you're handing a two billion dollar market, an estimated two billion dollar market, based on the last statistic that I saw, anyway, estimated two billion dollars, and you're handing it to a handful of people. You know, that's never good. The the provisions that they have put in there for voters are essentially just a carrot, and it's a very small carrot. You know, they're 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 touting this as saying like, yeah, you know, you can you can possess three ounces of weed, but the trade off is you are going to put this in your constitution and you are going to give us exclusive right of exclusive control over every single bud that is sold in this state and if you do not give us that control you if you if you attempt to uh, to to circumvent that there are still criminal penalties. You know that is why there is still the possession limit. You know uh, the 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 stop and sight mandate in public. And a lot of people have said that the stop and sight mandate. Um, you know, well, it's a hundred bucks. You know, big deal. That's great if you can afford to pay a hundred bucks. How many people can pay to afford can get to afford a hundred bucks? They, they are, can not afford to pay a hundred bucks. Imagine, you know, for me right now in my situation, um, I was in a hospital. Um, being diagnosed with cancer and my original prescription, my, my original medical certification was for anxiety. You know, I have horrible anxiety and I was stuck in a hospital needing to medicate. And I couldn't, you know, um, if I had stepped outside and smoked, you know, where cigarettes are allowed to be smoked, um, I would have been getting that that hundred dollar stop and cite mandate, you know, that that hundred dollar citation. You know, that's that puts me in a situation where I have to choose between something that I need and one hundred dollars. And that is unacceptable to put into our Constitution. You know, the biggest concern about this is that it is it is it is constitutional. I just said there's a difference between the Constitution and a legislative option. The Constitution is essentially taking you're taking prohibition era laws that should be burned. And we could burn them right now because they're legislation, we could burn them. And instead, we are engraving them in concrete by putting them in the Constitution, where burning them is going to require a lot more than fire,
0: if that makes sense. Yeah. What were you going to say, Wiley? Um, I guess
2: my concern in regards to this portion of the bill is just the application of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it all sounds really good, but uh, being a legislator and actually understanding how these departments work, there are some very big red flags in, in the actual Application of how this works. Like she was saying with the stop and site. Okay, well, after three tickets, you have to go to court, and that's a potential misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. Right. So once you get that charge, are we to use this automatic expungement system? No. To then go get that charge expunged. Yes.
3: Yeah, so oh, it doesn't apply to wow. any offenses that occurred after the passage of the bill. Yeah, <laughs>
0: right? yeah, that's a whole circle and so exactly my mind
2: doing. has to do too many mental gymnastics to understand like it's not written clean, right? And so with legislation, we have to be very precise. And my my biggest issue with this is that it's very vague where it should be very specific and it's very yes. specific where it should be very vague. And the problem with that is that it's it's left up open for interpretation in places where we should absolutely know exactly which department in the state is going to be clarifying which one of your criminal charges make you eligible for an expungement. Right. Right. We don't even have that in, 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 in writing right now. We don't even know which. So it's going to be a pass the buck game mm-hmm. from each department, from each department. So it's not right. We don't have to do it. Well, we don't have to do it. And so then it's We're going to, going to be, be that much game. longer on these expungements. And so when I actually think about act, when I read the text um, I, and I think about the actual application of some of these things, it's, it's a false sale. It's, it's, it's not doing what it's, it's being touted as automatic expungement. And it's not um, anybody that has been popped with more than three pounds of marijuana is not up for expungement. And that there's a list of people that aren't up for expungement, um, which I don't understand how we're okay with making millionaires billionaires, but we also okay with watching our friends and families continue to get locked up for something that like people that look like me have definitely been enfranchised, disenfranchised for. But I, that's the part that brings me heartburn is that How are we helping these people make money while our friends and family continue to be persecuted? And we're giving the police financial incentive to interact with the same communities that we're trying right now on another social front to to understand why we can't have this interaction. So it's like, we're risking more Mike Browns, risking more, you know, George Floyds, risking more interaction with police for the same thing is nonetheless, People up top will continue to get paid. So it's, it's a lot uh, just away from the actual text. When I, you know, when I think about the social application of it, it doesn't sit right. Um, I, I want
0: to take uh, I want to take that question. And so I've heard a lot of people um, say, yes, there's automatic expungement. And then people say, no, there's not automatic expungement. I'm going to go to Nate first. Um, what, what is the, the deal with expungement? Is it, is it automatic expungement or it's not automatic expungement?
4: It depends. So it is automatic. It's, it's not automatic right,
0: right. there. Yeah. No. Right I'm trying no. To...
4: no just listen, just listen. Yeah. If go you ahead, go if ahead, if you have already completed your sentence and it is a nonviolent cannabis conviction that doesn't involve sales to a minor or driving while intoxicated, then your record is automatically expunged. If you are currently an inmate serving time, then you can now petition for release. Where currently now there is no pathway for their release minus parole if they get it. So if you are an inmate, you petition for that expungement. Also, uh, Representative Price mentioned a three-pound limit on the expungement. That is also automatic for possession of three pounds or more, as long as you were not involved in sales to a minor, as long as you were not involved in a driving while intoxicated, uh, and that you have completed your sentence.
2: Uh, Page 35 and 36 of the actual text. It goes deep into that, and it states... Okay, bust it out. Not a problem.
0: There it is, doing right that. here. you uh, Give me that right there. So, so we just have a couple notes on that. Um, that, yeah. So that's what we we were seeing as well is that there's there's it's it's not automatic expungement across the board. And so the the question also still remains on the table that if if you get caught outside of the cannabis laws that are in place in Amendment 3 and get arrested and then serve your time and then you're automatically expunged? Is that how that would work? Because that feels like a waste of taxpayer dollars to me. It absolutely
4: is. You know, I don't disagree with you there. Uh, I would just, if I had the magic wand, I would automatically release everybody serving time for nonviolent cannabis convictions, but I'm not aware of any recreational state that has done so. Uh, And and as far as the legality now, uh, you know, a couple uh, to touch on a couple of things that's been said since the last time I had a term, uh, there is no stop and sight mandate that that is just a political talking point at this Mm -hmm. point. It is not a mandate at all. What we do have, what we do set for what what it is, is, uh, you know, it sets regulations on public consumption. But it's not automatic across the board. So if your city, if your town or your county, if you where you live, if you want to open up a consumption lounge or whatever, where public consumption is allowed, well, then you just petition your local government to do so.
2: So subject to limitation of this section, a person who is possessing not more than twice the amount of marijuana allowed pursuant to this subsection produce no more than twice the amount of marijuana allowed pursuant to this subsection delivered without receiving uh considered a re- remuneration to a person who is at least 21 of age 21 years of age and not more than twice the amount of marijuana allowed by the subsection of possession with the intent to deliver not more than twice the amount of marijuana allowed by the subsection now here's the part for for first violation it is subject to civil infraction punishable by civil penalty not exceeding 250 dollars in forfeiture of marijuana for second violation it is subject to civil infraction punishable by Civil penalty not exceeding $500 in forfeiture of marijuana. For the third and subsequent violation is subject to the misdemeanor and punishable by a fine not exceeding $1,000 in forfeiture of marijuana. A person, and then it goes into another whole thing. So, what part
4: of that are you taking issue with, though? Do you think that, I mean, if your argument is there should be no, it should be just open public consumption? I mean, that's that's, that's the only argument that I can think that you're saying. How you
2: legalize and penalize at the same time.
4: Can you name me a state that 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 hasn't minus Oregon sure. which Oregon's a little different because you can do a speed ball in front of a cop. Wow. So Oregon is definitely the exception not And okay. New York. Wait
3: wait
4: a second
3: wait a second. I'm trying to New understand- York
4: in New in, in New York in, uh, you can smoke marijuana wherever you can smoke cigarettes. But you can hardly smoke cigarettes anywhere in fucking New York. That's not true.
2: About hospitality. That's- There's nothing in this legislation about hospitality at all. In fact, What they do is they put it in the hands of So does the exemption of
4: that mean that it's banned?
2: If I decide to drive from here to Kansas City, like I don't know which county has what and then we're back to playing that game. Just
0: gonna let that sit for a second. I mean,
2: basically what you're telling me is it's better than what we have and i understand it's that.
4: beyond better than what we have it's better than what most other states have i think and i so, could be wrong here but i would almost be as bold to say any other state has i'm
2: representing a group of people that have been obviously i mean you seem like a smart guy you, you know what group of people i'm representing i'm representing the most disenfranchised right so i'm representing a group of people that have been starving in regards to this industry for a very long time here we've had an opportunity to go ahead and let them come to the table and at least get the crumbs right and so we missed on that first round when, when when we got the medical with 300 some odd licenses went out. Three black people got licenses. None of them of which were really for real. So here we got a second second bite of the apple. Right. And we're saying it's, it's an opportunity for minor, minority licenses. And we are gonna help people that have been most negatively affected by this. Get out. This bill does not do that. And you cannot see a group of people starving and then say, here, come to the table and hand them crap sandwiches and say, it's better than what you got now.
3: I would You'll like to, I would simply like, like to ask, starve, sorry, go ahead.
2: What? I say, I'm just saying to him, I'd rather just starve. If that's what you're offering.
3: Well, now, what I would like to know is why other States, um, shitty legislation has any bearing on whether or not we should swallow our own shitty legislation. I don't care if Oregon has shitty laws. I don't care if Illinois has shitty laws. They have shitty laws that they need to figure out themselves. This is our shitty law. And if we're just gonna compare it across the country, I mean, then, you know, like we, we, we could do all kinds of stuff there. You know, that sets the bar pretty fucking low, you know? Just to be real, it really does. And I'm sorry, you know, but the, the, the points about expungement saying that, yes, you know, it's automatic for people who have been charged for, you know, three pounds or more, that is on page 37. Um, it's uh, section 8A, and it says that, you know, after they have served their entire sentence and their supervision, that is the only time that they're going to be eligible for this expungement. You know, and that, how does that help these people who are in prison, who were told, and I have screenshots of, you know, The Legal Missouri 2022 campaign where they said, you know, that that people are not going to have to petition and that it's such a great thing. And then you look at page 36 where it says otherwise, you know, and ultimately the heart of it. My problem with with the expungement provisions is the lack of transparency and the lack of honesty by the campaign and the process of gathering signatures. Again, the screenshots that I'm referencing, you know, played a huge role in that. I felt and that was a big part of my motivation. I felt that they were deceiving the public. You
2: know, and if we want, NAACP. If, sorry. Also, the misrepresentation of the NAACP. I was told that the NAACP was endorsing this when I talked to the to the to the top brass at the NAACP. They were absolutely not endorsing this. They hadn't even gone to a vote about it yet. And here they have come out with a with a card that they're they're against all five amendments on the ballot this year. Um, but, so, yeah. but I mean, you wouldn't have to do that. I feel I feel as though personally, you wouldn't have to do that to the general public. If what you are touting as you know the best thing since light like bread really was when I got to the, my friend, have you actually read some of the text uh, of this legislation?
4: I have, but I think you guys are conflating me with somebody that's here representing Legal Missouri twenty twenty two. I could give two fucks about oh, no, legal no, Missouri twenty twenty
5: two. Let's no, make no, that no, clear no,
4: right yeah, off the bat. Four. Okay, good on it. Good. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, again, you're incorrect about the expungement. The expungement, the expungement process is automatic after after you have served your time okay right. not, point it,
2: being you do have to serve your time you're first you're not commuting sentences yes
4: but but the vast majority of people this is going to affect have already served their time they have already served their true. time that's so, not true. that's how is you don't think that past convictions outweigh current convictions
2: now, I would like a first-in, first-out system, but there's no, there's nothing in there. Again, there's nothing in this legislation that actually has a program that promotes a first-in, first-out system. No. As promotes, a matter
3: of fact, the program isn't even funded.
2: That, that promotes any type that's of also not true. reform. It like,
3: says it like in, that in the that, initiative.
2: That, where the, there, there are programs on the outside that are waiting for people to come out, out of this system. Like, we, we're, we're missing, bro. We're, we're, we're missing. We're missing the ball big on this. And well, that's all I'm saying.
0: Is it... So, okay, let's, let's move on from expungement. I wanna move on to the, um, to the next uh, kind of really important uh, question that we've been seeing. And that is the difference between micro licenses and then larger commercial licenses. Um, so um, what, what is the, we've read, we've read the difference uh, between them, but as far as like, what is your take on the difference between these two licenses? And um, so the micro licenses, as we understand, are being um, being touted as as a a social equity piece. And I I would I would like to know um, how that fits into social equity. So um, between the micro licenses and the commercial licenses or the larger licenses, um, what is the difference between those? And then um, how does it play into social equity is the question on the table? I think
2: we're all going to agree on this one. I just listening to his intro. uh
4: Yeah, absolutely. I I don't think it goes anywhere near far enough. I don't trust anything uh, this group has to say when it comes to licensing. Uh, I'm a show me before I believe it just on this specific matter. I do. You know, they do have my attention and I do believe them on other fronts. But evidence has shown that when it comes to licensing, it's it's really slippery tongues when it comes from this group so I don't think it go i I think it does go you know probably a, a step farther than maybe a couple of other states but this is where I would probably agree with Christina's argument against that is that it doesn't go near far enough and why why if if licensing is your core issue then why would you vote for? This initiative, why would you vote for this bill? I would now licensing is not my only issue. It was part of my it was part of my issue, but it is far from being my only issue, which is why I'm voting for voting. Yes. But as far as the licensing, it seems like it's a kid's table. Okay. well, here you can sit at the kid's table. Uh, you know, you can have your little clout that you've got a business and blah, blah, blah. And if you play nice and if you do good, maybe maybe we step you up to the big leagues and maybe, you know, maybe we don't. That's how I feel about the licensing program, even under the social equity part of this program.
0: So my question. So my question is, then, um, if we know that. This, let me back up with the micro license, as I understand it as well, you we can only have one owner and they cannot do business with the larger license licensees. They have to wait uh, a certain amount of time, uh, a, a, pretty, a pretty nice chunk of time actually, um, to, uh, to even be able to apply for um, these licenses. Uh, because from what I understand, if, if there's already ownership happening in the medical market, then those people get first dibs in the um, retail market. And, um, and then there's no, and then like, is there room for expansion? Can, I, I believe you can only own one of these licenses correct. licenses as a micro license. So can't you can't, can't you can't expand your operation as businesses would want to do as they grow. So,
1: and there's only 144 licenses available across the state. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. And, the, and I think the biggest portion of this that I think we're all kind of overlooking is that the state has given itself, well, they're, they're giving the state 548 days to get all of these licenses out. Wow.
1: That's not going to
0: happen.
1: Missouri, <laughs> <laughs> that's wow, not going to happen. When like, <laughs> we're happen. talking numbers.
2: Uh, like Even if you got them out in that time, that's still a year and a half Like on a program that's already two and a half years in process. And we're also kind of racing against the federal time clock as well. Uh, so anybody that's a mom and pop shop that's currently trying to get into the game and fight against these multi-state operators, uh, you know, if, if it goes federal in this time that you just now getting your your little micro license deal, uh, which also, I mean, the issue with the micro license for me is that they said that there was going to be like a for, for minorities and there are nothing in the prereqs that are race specific. It's just like if you live in this neighborhood, if you make this community. Money, it, it's it's and you only have to meet one of the prereqs if you're a disabled veteran like it's it, and so it, it is the level of so, of, so this is of of just dishonesty and how it was presented because look I was the, I was big fan of Amendment Three when I first heard about it it wasn't until I actually sat down and had to like digest all forty pages of this and realized that this isn't anything like it's being advertised. I think. that's
0: yeah that's what i've seen from I, I think when we've talked to people who are vote no proponents that, that is the the majority of what we're seeing is that yes um everybody wants to end pro- prohibition everybody wants that but also when we talk about an amendment a state amendment to your constitution and then you say well i don't like I don't really like this we actually agree on that i don't like the way that small businesses are going to be treated i don't like the way minority businesses are going to be neglected i don't like you know i don't like this part of the bill well that part of the bill is permanent set in stone once you vote for this missouri like once yeah, you- and just to touch
3: on the micro license aspect of things you know um one, one of the biggest issues with that is you know the, the the restriction on the fact that they cannot do business with other facilities you that's- know so that's that means you know that they are they 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 are not allowed to stock their shelves you know until another micro cultivator has enough stock or or enough you know um available products for them you know and that sets them even further behind on this timeline for opening and it also sets them up for failure in this market you know they're essentially segregated within this market it's a it's a, a very um, a very limited sphere of existence for these people you know who are counting on this as a way to you know. Uh, provide for their families, you know, but as far as the equity aspect of it, these micro business licenses, it is limited to one per person. But for full size licenses, if you have the money for a full size license, you can own um, 10%, 10%. That's, you know, there's going to be 600 licenses. One person can own 60 of those, you know, legally under this. And that's, that's unbelievable. And, you know, as me said, you know, if, if this is about licensing or if the primary issue is licensing, it's not just about licensing. Licensing is inextricably intertwined with access and affordability. If we do not have a competitive market for medical or for marijuana in Missouri, we are not going to have affordable product for patients. And I've used this example many, many times over the past few weeks. And that is the patent that we saw with, um, with EpiPencil and insulin. We saw big pharma, you know, use a patent to drive up prices and, and make themselves, you know, this the singular source for life saving pharmaceuticals, you know, that people needed. And instead of using a patent, what I take from this initiative is that Legal Mo is using our Constitution. Amendment 3 uses our Constitution to do that by limiting who can have businesses. You're only, only these people get them for the first 18 months. Okay. You're, you're forcing Missourians to only buy from people who invested in this amendment you know we're using our constitution to funnel money to one particular group of people okay and that group of people is going to determine how much my medicine costs you know it costs it would cost me between sixteen hundred dollars and four grant to get what i need to treat the cancer that i have here in missouri i can't get it because there's a limit on rso okay in oklahoma i could get the same amount for about seven hundred dollars
0: like, you know, the state line with it legally.
3: You can't. Yeah, you can't do that. So I'm screwed, you know. And again, the issue with Amendment three, my issue with it is the permanent and long term consequences. I cannot justify my children and my grandchildren being subjected that if my child gets cancer and faces this same diagnosis that I am facing right now, knowing that this is what, the, what they're going to face, that is that is unconscionable to me. I cannot do that. And then the federal legalization aspect, Amendment 3 does contain language that says that unless federal legalization explicitly states otherwise, and this is important because when you're reading legally, explicitly means a lot, okay? Unless federal legalization explicitly states otherwise, only these licensed facilities are allowed to bring anything across state lines.
0: Okay, so that was the question and on that, the table. Yeah, and I think that's, um, that's going to lead into what you're asking. And then I also, I see John Greeley, we have your question um, uh, next on the table um, for the changes in medical. But first, let's address the interstate commerce situation. So, um, So let's talk a little bit more about that. Uh, Companies, uh, once federal legalization happens, will be uh, able to cross state lines with product. Uh, Individuals who are not companies will not. Is that correct in Missouri state law, in the Missouri law, according to the in this amendment?
3: Amendment three. Yes. I have the exact language if you would like it. Right.
0: I would like that.
3: Okay. Unless federal law rules or regulations explicitly require otherwise, no entity shall sell Transport, produce, distribute, deliver, or cultivate marijuana or marijuana infused products without an applicable license or certificate as required under this section. In addition, any raw biomass of marijuana or marijuana flour imported from out of state shall only be received, shall be received only by a licensed cultivation facility, while all batch oil, infused marijuana products, and any marijuana product in any other form shall be received only by a licensed manufacturing facility. This is the, this, this quote, this language appears in the initiative two times, one on page 17. And the second is on page 38, I believe.
0: Okay. So my question is, um, I guess, um, I want to, I want to give. I, I'm first of all, I want to say, Nate, you're holding your own. You're doing a great job. Thank you. And I'm sorry that Melanie is not here to um, okay. be part of this debate, but we really appreciate you being here and um, and arguing for the side of yes. So my question on this one is: Does it actually end prohibition if you can get arrested for doing the same thing that big businesses are allowed to do? Is this much. is this law going? Is it? Does that mean it's actually ending prohibition? Because
4: well, if that if that was the actually the, if, if that was actually the case, then uh, no, that wouldn't be an end to prohibition. And let's be real. Amendment three is not an end to prohibition either. Like it is a, a, a giant step closer but it is not a a prohibition until cannabis is either unregulated or regulated exactly like alcohol is right. Right. We're getting close, but that's not where we're at. As far as, as far as the interstate commerce though. Uh So that regards to businesses, those are are business entities. That doesn't mean that once it's federally legal, you can't go to Kansas or Oklahoma or Illinois and then travel across state lines. It means they can't do business uh, across state lines. And honestly, that's a, even at that point, that's a very challenging thing in court because of the federal dormant commerce clause. Right. right. But-
5: on.
3: one, one, one quick question, Nate. Uh, you said you, the, the definition of entity. Did I miss that in this? Do you have a reference for that? I,
4: I don't. But it, this is it's regarding business. It is not regarding personal.
3: That's you. You. That's that's not a statement that 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 you can make without a definition of entity. I worked in well, a law
0: office for five years. I wrote okay, but that doesn't wrote,
4: make you a lawyer.
0: No, no, it doesn't. It the means that I proof- wrote I wrote it. Let's bring it back for just a second. So my here's see here's my here's my question, and, and what, what my questions are leading into is that then if this if this initiative is not ending prohibition, which is something that actually Legal Missouri has been claiming that it's going to do. If it's not actually going to end prohibition and there are a multitude of things that could be way different. And we have actually seen other states implement successfully a lot of uh, these um, regulations and they work for that state. They would work here. Um, Should we not like I say we because I'm part of y'all. I know I can't vote in Missouri, but should 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 we not wait for and, and write. Uh, and write a better initiative should we not uh, do do you think are we
4: going to have how long do we have to wait though mcia came up against so so there's a history of opposition in this state ever since people started realizing well the the fuckery that was going on with the licenses in the med program in 2020 when uh, new approach missouri at the which was their name at the time uh tried to push a very worse version of this bill onto the ballot there was opposition in a group called mcia uh last year there was opposition with fair access missouri which was the initiative that i personally supported and i I believe that that was the future of missouri um there has been uh, hb 2704 has also failed so how long do we have to wait Before we take any step of progress, like, why are we not going to expunge the records of tens of thousands of cannabis convicts? Why are we not going to give people who currently don't have a path to freedom a path to freedom? Why are we going to continue to pull over, prosecute you? Fifty percent of all drug crimes in the state of Missouri are cannabis related. Why even today, even though cannabis arrests have dropped, especially since Kansas City has uh, changed their local legislation, why are we going to continue to push all of this when we're making giant progress now look again i and this is what i keep telling people this is literally a battle about licenses that's all this is it's two sides those who have licenses and those who want licenses and we are the collateral damage and we are going to uh, there are people out here that are spouting against this amendment right now that supported openly the worst version of this amendment in 2020 now it's trendy because people without licenses that want to get into this com- into this industry are, are fighting for it and they will shit on all of us to do so just like the other side. and we are fucking collateral damage. So this is mean, a constitutional do do? amendment. A constitutional amendment is that not is not that hard to change. Amendment three changes amendment two. The show me can of freedom or the, the can of freedom act, the HB 2704, would have changed amendment two. This am lays I- down a foundation in the beginning of this. Christina was talking about her children and her grandchildren. Well, her children and her grandchildren are going to benefit from the foundation that we're laying here. It can be built upon, uh, and gotta, it, there gotta, is no gotta, argument gotta, that it uh, is the uh, most. Hold uh, on, uh, and I will. I will yield I will yield to you in one moment this is the most progressive recreational adult use marijuana bill in the entire country and that is hard to argue against unless your only concern is licenses
0: I don't I don't know about if it's the most progressive in the country but um, show me another one yes so so what were you what were you saying about Uh, I was
2: saying I mean you know you and Christina's people might be okay, but it looks like the people that are most negatively affected, again, the people that I represent, black and brown people and also poor people, are going to be uh, collateral damage, at, like you said, uh, well, even on an on a even crazier level, because we're, we're still getting locked up and the police can still come into our neighborhoods and say, hey, you three guys in the corner standing there smoking, y'all shouldn't be standing there smoking, and now we got an interaction with police that really shouldn't be happening and there's no real telling where this is going to go because we're in an open carry state and we got all of this social justice stuff. So I think there's a social justice. Board. I, I agree with almost everything that you said in, in, in your argument. But I, what I'm not hearing is like you really t- get into full grasp on the social justice and the social equity portion of this conversation that is just not being had as being completely sidestepped and was promoted as just that. You came to a very specific group of people and said, hey, we're going to look out for you on this second bite of the apple. And now we find out we're not being looked out at, at all at all on the second bite of the apple. So we got to wait for a third and fourth bite. Again, and, I, 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 I don't like when people come to us and know that we have nothing expecting us to accept anything. That, that's, you know, that's a hard pill for me to swallow, bro. And that's all I'm saying, Nate.
3: I would also like to add, you know, as far as, you know, communities that, that are impacted by this, and you know the 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 fact that prohibition is you know a, a foot in the door for a lot of um, inappropriate conduct by law enforcement and government officials. You know a lot of people are fortunate to live in communities where that is not a concern. Other people are not that fortunate. You know the registration on a government list requirement for people who home grow. That's another thing that people have been talking about a lot. You know um, as a, a anybody who reads this initiative knows that you are put on a government list if you want to home grow. And uh, Amendment 3's supporters say that is a protection. It's meant to, uh, to let law enforcement check, you know, if somebody calls you and calls in a tip, you know, that, that the smell of weed is coming from your house, you know, it's meant to force law enforcement to double check this database um, before they issue a warrant for your house, okay? One, we wouldn't need to worry about that if, if it was actually legalizing cannabis. Are you going to have to worry about Karen calling in, you know, uh, some kind of tip about the smell of weed, you know, or anybody else who not, doesn't want to mind their own business. All right. Two, what you are basically doing is you are providing a map of every single person in these neighborhoods who grows. And you are handing that to law enforcement. Some of those law enforcement agency agencies may be trustworthy enough to have that information. Some of them may. Some of them are not. And the people who are victimized by that are people who have already suffered so much. Like, how can we justify putting that into our Constitution? People say people say that this is a baby step. Medical was the baby step. Once it goes into the Constitution, we're done with baby steps. It is all but permanent. It is not easy to change the Constitution. And I should, I would like to point out that uh, the Cannabis Freedom Act was killed by Legal Missouri 2022. So why would they stop something that was actually real prohibition? Why would they invest millions in stopping something that would actually end prohibition if their initiative was really going to do the same thing? We know that it's not because that is where the financial motivation is. You know, I want my children to grow up in a state where they don't have to fight a $2 billion a year industry controlled by a handful of people to re-amend the Constitution to undo this clusterfuck. You know, my children shouldn't have to do that.
0: Does Amendment 3... but by, by allowing Amendment 3, does it then make it so that you pretty much give up your Fourth Amendment rights?
3: That is in the current program rules. So uh, the screenshot from DHSS, the current program requires that if you are a home grower, you give, you you authorize, you, you give DHS, you agree to open your door for DHSS on demand. So if they show up, you are supposed to immediately make available your growth space for them. Some people say, you know, well, it's just your growth base. They're not allowed to search your house. That's fine. Okay, I understand that. The point is, unless I check that box, DHSS would need to get a warrant just like everyone else. The Uh, fact that I checked that box means that their requirement to get a warrant no longer applies, which means my Fourth Amendment protection, that slice of it, no longer exists. And I would like to know how many classes of citizen in Missouri are required to waive a constitutional protection to do something that's legal. I know that, uh, people on supervision, they don't have, uh, Fourth Amendment rights. You know, their PO can show up anytime. Uh, I know registered sex offenders, you know, they have to open their door anytime. Um, apparently legal home growers have to open their door to the government too. I don't know, but these are the kind of things that are being set up in this, this initiative that we cannot tolerate I get it we want legalization we want something great and I'm really really grateful you know that 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 Nate is on board with that you know and that this conversation is happening but the long-term repercussions of this are not worth it that, that's
2: that's hey, you live in St. Louis
3: no, I don't I live, oh I
2: live in I live
4: in rural Missouri
2: all right. In St. Louis, uh, I can only liken this, this kind of the, where we at in this crux in this argument right now to uh, better together. That was when we were going to merge St. Louis City and St. Louis County. Right. And so there was a good portion of people that felt like there should be a merger of the city and county, just not the way that they're suggesting that the merger should happen. And I think that's like really where most of us are. Like we, we believe that there should be some kind of recreational should kind of love. Prohibition style like statute in place, but the way that they're trying to put to implement this doesn't help enough of regular Missourians. It only helps a very specific class and, and, and economic group of people. And, it, and it's very blatant in how they're doing that. And it's so blatant in how they're doing it in the language versus how they were first selling this in the beginning I can't trust any portion mm. of this. I, I just, I think it's all bad business. The more we peel back the onion on this, the worse it sticks.
0: Um, Nate, can you, and I'm, I'm just bringing it um, back um, to you. Uh, Cause like, like I said, I know that you're fighting the good fight and I oh, know yeah, we have yeah. we have, we in have the, one more person in, in the, which is not going to help, help your case. <laughs> so we literally, I just want to say, ladies and gentlemen, we Nate is um, here fighting uh, or or debating on the side of vote yes. We did invite other people to join him, and unfortunately, one person is having a problem with the link, and the other person did not respond. We absolutely are doing our best to make sure this is like a fair conversation, and so we apologize for the for for the uneven um, amount. Uh, of people on each side, but we did do our absolute best to try to make this happen. Um, but um, going back to that question um, that I was going to have, I have a question for you, Nate. Um, if if uh, if I don't have a license in Missouri to grow and the police do come to my door, am I going, am I, am, I guess this is a question for all of you um, and I'll just pose it to Nate first, but um, do do will I get arrested? Will I be fined or arrested for my grow? will my, um, will my plants be confiscated if I haven't um, signed up with this state to grow plants under uh, a, a, a recreational bill?
4: I don't know. I honestly don't know the answer to that question specifically. What the repercussions of if I am growing personally without a license, uh, what that would be Now as a po- now uh, when it uh, uh, pertains well, to well, who I can come know. in,
0: because of the of the what what I, I would agree is a Fourth Amendment violation if you do have a license to grow that they're allowed to come in and and, and that's not much
4: different than our medical program now at any time DHSS can come problem. to your door and you have to let them in
1: Colorado you don't have to have a license to grow your recreational plants you so, saying, so yeah. saying that there's not places with limited without limitations or that this is the best program is where you know, we're coming from Colorado so that's why you know, I always look at the medical first and then, you know, our state and, and comparison and, of things. And to be fair, so, we're not
0: doing it completely right either, but there are not, there are pieces in every, you know, so yeah, this isn't the best bill we've ever seen. It's not the best bill in the books and it's certainly not the best bill being proposed right now. Um, and I'm just curious, uh, uh, you know, what, I guess I just want to come back to what are the good parts of this bill that we should be look we should be paying attention to. What are the, what are the good parts of this?
4: So so, uh, again, so anyone 21 and up can purchase. Uh, you can grow your own weed for cheaper than what you grow it now. In the state of Missouri right now, as a medical patient, which I just recently became a medical patient again, thank God someone had the pity on me because I don't make a lot of money to set me up the free card. That wouldn't be a problem uh, under recreational. But currently, it costs me around, it costs a patient around $250 ish. If they want to grow cannabis themselves under this, it would just be $100 that cuts that in half. Now, how much you can grow is reduced with recreational versus medical uh but if you are just someone who is medicating for yourself just you know it's more than enough to suffice one person at least uh it literally changes the lives of tens of thousands of people in the state of missouri who have been arrested for nonviolent cannabis charges it gives a path uh, to release for people that are currently serving time for nonviolent medical mar- or med- marijuana charges uh, that they currently do not have. Uh, it is one of the best wow. expungement product uh, programs that I have come across. And it is funded. it there is nothing that's going to stop the implementation of it. Uh, even if if they did, you know, do you remember Missourians voted? to expand Medicaid. And Congress said, no, we're not going to fund that. It's not funded. We're not going to fund that. That went to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court says, you're going to do your job and you're going to fund the program. So even if they tried not to fund the program or the expungement process, the Supreme Court has already shown right. that, oh, yes, you are.
2: Let me, let me jump in here on that portion. Uh, working in the legislature, uh, there, are, there are ways to work around that in the way that this bill is written. Uh,
4: but why would they?
2: So, okay, so one of one of the ways that I, I spoke to earlier was that there's no specific there's no specific department that is designated to look at your record and decide which record is is going to be expunged, right? And so that creates like a pass the buck situation in one of the sixteen departments that we have in the state of Missouri because nobody is mandated by this by this language to appropriate these funds, right? I'm oh, sorry, excuse me, not to appropriate the funds, but to look at these records and expunge them. As far as the money, as far as the expungement, well, that that is actually on the note. The courts local. will. Tax money from the adult can be used or spent without legislative authority. But the problem with that is that includes the funding for the automatic expungement program. So we, we have to use that money, and then whatever's left over is for drug treatment and... Um, oh, public defenders But we don't really need that money for public defenders right now Because we just gave them $94 million. We fully funded them So when you don't have le- legislators at the table Helping you write this kind of legislation It creates these kinds of problems And it's like to, I guess to the average Joe like Again, when I'm looking at the application of this And knowing how the state of Missouri operates I'm like, this is going to not be good When you actually think about Who has to do what and how it's written so the problem the Supreme Court is going to have when this goes to the Supreme Court is they're not going to have a right. full sentence to interpret
5: because it it's, yeah, a, it's not
4: going to go that far. Like there's no first of all there's no motivation for them to I, not fund this. Second of all the the money the, it, so the courts way. the courts will be doing. Uh, the courts will, are instructed, and they have a deadline that they have to go through the automatic expungements. It is the court system that will be reviewing them.
2: If the supplemental budget isn't uh, is done until January of July, 1, and then and then
4: and then the appropriation for the funds, all of the money that comes in has to go to expungements first. Then it then it trickles down okay. to all of the other programs, that's but it point. goes to Dang. expungement first. It's it's there's nothing
2: to debate though. No, like, no. that's how it's written. Dang. Is that, uh, what were you gonna say, Christina? I,
3: I, I don't believe that's accurate that it goes to expungement first. It goes to uh, DHSS first, which we know that they use, you know, they're they're using this funding from the medical program to defend themselves against these lawsuits, you know? So the, the, the hand gets fed first, basically, no matter what. And only after that, um, and I may be misremembering, I believe that I'm correct. I was just looking at it the other day. Um, you know, that expungement provided the legislature does ultimately fund it, um, which it currently is not, um, you know, that is when money ultimately will go to that. So it's okay. not primary, you know, it is definitely down the list of priorities.
4: That's, that's, that's incorrect, though. That's just objectively okay. false. If
0: Daniel Jones. I, didn't,
3: I, I actually I didn't come up with that. Saw the end did.
0: Daniel Jones, if you want to join this conversation, we would love to have you in here. We will send you the link um, to have to join the conversation outside of the comment section. Um, uh, I just wanted I wanted to pause. I apologize for pausing everybody. I wanted to uh, in, introduce Ben to the conversation. Ben Hartley is here. Um, and yeah, if you have questions, ask them in the comment section. Welcome uh, Ben. Again, we were not trying to make this a one-sided conversation, but Um, but, uh, we had all of these individuals invited last week and confirmed them all at the beginning of this week or most of them. And this is, this is where we're at. So again, thank you for all for being here. Thank you, Ben. I know, um, that you've been traveling and can you send to his messenger the link? We'll get Daniel in here too, because he's got some comments in the comment section um, we'll have him join. So since Ben is here, I'm going to ask the next question, which is um, Amendment 3, yes, is going to legalize retail cannabis in the state of Missouri, um, but it's also going to make some changes to your medical program. Are those uh, changes good for the medical community or not so great for the medical community? Um, what does that look like? And we'll get Ben the lead on this one since he just joined us. Did, are you muted? Hold on. We can't, can't hear
3: you. Hear you can hear us. Let's see. Muted on your... Oh, there you are.
0: Okay. Okay.
6: So I'm unmuted? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Can you, can you please repeat that? Because.
0: So we've been discussing uh, this new ballot um, initiative that's going to be on the ballot for November 8th, um, as you know, and uh, a lot of subjects have come up. Uh, one of the questions that was um, presented early on Was um, that there are going to be some changes to the medical program? So, are those changes to the medical program under this amendment going to be good for the medical patients of uh, Missouri, or is it going, or like how how is that going to affect medical patients in Missouri? Um, There's
6: there are some positive changes, but it's really asinine when you compare it with the rest of the initiative. You know, I I think honestly, my opinion is a lot a lot of people are, you know, make the argument there's going to be more access under Amendment 3. And that may be true, but there's also uh, a decrease in your possession limit from recreational standpoint. So, you know, a medical license uh, can uh, provide a patient 16 ounces. So I can drive, literally, I can drive anywhere in the state of Missouri with a pound in my trunk uh, under the current medical program. But if I do that, As a recreational user, I'm going to prison. So, um, I, and I for one, you know, and this is just my opinion, I'm not a big fan of medical marijuana to begin with. The whole program itself, I don't think you should be paying licenses or fees. Uh, I don't think you should have to have a permission card to use cannabis. I think it should be as accessible as, you know, anything Uh else, any other food crop uh, that's available. So, there are some points. Yes, there are some additional, you know, benefits. Uh, One of those things is when it comes to traffic stops, dealing with law enforcement, you know, so, you know, mere possession is not going to be grounds for an unlawful search. If a person has their license. So that is, that is specified in the amendment. And I actually tend to agree. That's good language. Um, It doesn't go far enough. I, I wish they would have included a lot of things, but particularly I wish they would have included something to do with civil asset forfeiture Um, and if I could touch on a little bit of that, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to rabbit trail a little bit, but, you know, having to do with this, uh, stop and sight clause, which again, the campaign, we forced them to admit that that was the case and they're adding a public use fine that will create a record. So it will be on your record, which is a little odd to me since you're expunging people's records, but then you're creating new criminal records, you know, um, or at least a civil infraction. Um, but that as everybody knows that you know a stop and sight is just it's just a stepping stone to a search which is a stepping stone to you know other things which is going to happen so i think that you're going to see a lot of issues with law enforcement and cannabis users because again you're creating a constitutional mandate that never existed before we have statutory laws that that obviously they enforce but we don't have constitutional laws that are going to force our law enforcement to engage with the public, and again, and I'm getting off on, on another subject, but um, you know that would that would be my concern. Um, so I think ultimately what I'm trying to say is that there are some added benefits for uh, users. You know, you have an increase in uh, plant counts for caregivers, for example. You know, the caregiver program is great especially for those who can't afford or don't have, you know, access to cannabis. You can get cannabis from your neighbor or your friend or family member who grows. That's great. Um, And, you know, an increase in plant count is is also a good thing because, as Christina will tell you, you know, who's had some recent experience with this, it takes a tremendous amount of flour to extract and create RSO. It does. And, um, you know, but that's a felony. It's just not, it's just, yeah. There's not so, enough
0: count in there. Um, we have uh, Waxy Brown on, too. Also, so you guys know it's joined us. Um, so here's and concerning that. Shouldn't the medical um, it provisions, the changes in the medical bill, shouldn't that be a separate uh, amendment? Shouldn't that be a separate uh, thing that you're voting on? instead of combining the retail and the medical, because it sounds like the medical is something that can help the patients, but then the retail is something that's not going to necessarily be helpful to Missouri? You're asking me? Uh, I'm asking the panel, but yeah, you can
6: start. Um, no, because, you know, the, the vast majority of Amendment 3 is contains Amendment 2. So, you know, when it, it's you know, it's a 39-page document. Right. So the, the bulk of it is language from Amendment Two. So there's they're adding things, they're revising things. Um, so that's what you do with you know a, a uh, constitutional amendment. Um, so you know it's 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 it's, it's, but, but it's, but expan-
5: it's it's expanding it.
6: It's expanding it. Yes, that is true. And yeah. and um, you know, but in my opinion, and I think I think we all realize this. I, and honestly, like I said earlier, look. I'd rather have my sixteen ounces in a medical program than, you know, limited to three ounces recreational. I don't know about you guys, but
0: yeah, that's what I, um, I guess where my question is coming from: is that if they're going to, I, I guess, could, couldn't there be like two different things to vote on? Should we do this for medical? Yes, we should do this for medical, absolutely. Should we do this thing for retail? I mean, they, I mean, they could have, but, but again, the way they set this
6: up was. So that the uh, rec market could jump off, you know, immediately. So, right. right. Uh, you know, in a lot of ways, the rec is going to absorb medical marijuana. which Is what happens. You know? A lot.
7: Well, and I don't, and I want to state this out there, but whether or not you're pro or against all this, if it does pass, I encourage everybody to please keep that medical card because when you use the medical card, four percent of that tax, the complete four percent of the tax goes towards veterans, which. Everybody knows I try and stand on that voice sometimes, and like this is one, this is one portion of that where I love the fact that I love the fact that we're progressing, but I also think that the medical cards are really important from a hyper perspective as a veteran that that we they keep using those medical cards.
5: Well, well, let me just say this in regards to, to veterans.
2: Um, now I'm tired of people using our veterans and our minorities as like the the selling in our schools. As the selling point of like gonna get some tax release, you never end up seeing the tax release. Like veterans have still haven't really gotten their money from the original amendment too. We still tied up in all those legal issues, and our veterans still haven't gotten that money. So I, I I hate that this is even being touted like it's something else for the veterans, and they still haven't gotten the first check that they were supposed to get in 2019.
7: It's I'm I'm really I'm really confused about that. Because I know that we paid some legal fees, but I know that over 28 million has been transferred to the Veterans Commission, which as a disabled veteran myself, the Veterans Commission funnels the money that I need into the veterans' homes, the hospitals, all the programs that we use, things like that.
2: Yeah, do you know how much money we brought in during the, during the initial campaign?
7: I'm assuming you do.
2: I'm asking you, yeah, I'm asking if you do, bro. <laughs> like it was a you lot know, more...
7: If you have the answer, just please give it to me because I don't have
2: it oh, in front of me. A lot more money than twenty million. Uh, the veterans are owed a lot more than that, and they were supposed to get it a lot sooner than they got it. Is the bottom line.
0: Often, too, like um, not to go too far off course, but a lot of times, uh, the money that is put into veterans programs is funneled out by other uh, by other programs that may or may not necessarily. Happen, so, we'll keep that in mind as well.
7: Again, 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 I would need to see some like something about that, but I do, I do know this. I do know this. I can look at this from a bird's eye perspective, or I can look at it from a high perspective. Perspective. My high, my high perspective perspective is that eventually I'm going to be in one of those those veterans' homes, and I'd like to be able to use cannabis in it. I'd like to have a good place to be, all that. So, like. There's that part where I'm, I'm actually very glad that we're that we're taking, you guys are using the word funneling and I don't like that word because it, it involves crime and I'm not insinuating anyone's committed kind of to crime here. I, yeah, I, but
3: honestly,
5: I, I, would, I
3: would like to say, you know, that, that, you know, for you, you have the opportunity to look forward to one of those funds that Veterans Home. You know, what about the people in Missouri who do not have... Option. You know, the people that we're talking about affordability, you know, um, one of one of the things that then natives repeatedly mentioned is, um, you know, increasing patient access, you know, and I, I, I fail to, to, to see how letting somebody have, you know, 12 ounces of weed instead of eight ounces is helpful if you can't afford the eight ounces. You know, like it doesn't matter if I'm one million dollars in debt or fifty million dollars in debt. I ain't gonna be able to pay any of that. You know, no, and the 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 cost of marijuana under a program that has no competition, a program that that exclusively controls supply and and, and you know, basically is setting these prices. You know, that that is not accessibility. That's not affordability. That's not going to increase access for any of us.
5: Well, I want, let,
7: me, let, me, let me, let me, let me, let me say real quick. When I say access, what I mean is I want cannabis in everybody's hands. So right now we it have it in like 200,000 people's, people's hands. Right now we have it in 200,000, some people's hands. We have 6.5 million Missourians. We also have millions of other people that travel through our state. When I say access, that's what I'm talking about. I understand what you're talking about, but when I say access, I want the plant in everybody's hands for everybody's reasons.
3: Right. But it, it doesn't matter if you have the option of having it, it in matters. your hand if you can't afford to go and buy it in the first
5: place. I bought I a half ounce the
4: other day have... for $98 at the dispensary. I pay allegedly uh, about $100 for that same half ounce on the market. The, We're the, talking the legal about market...
3: flour, though. We're also talking about RSO. Yes. And right, right now, RSO in Missouri, the cheapest that I found was $27 a gram. As opposed to a state like Oklahoma, where you can get it for five dollars a gram, and you know, uh, in some programs even get offered for a penny, you know. And again, this is about competition. This is not about being selfish or financially driven, you know, wanting to to rake in all this money. It's about wanting to live as a patient without struggling for access. And the only way that's going to happen is with competition. So expansion, yes, yeah, there there are some things that it expands. You know, it lets people um, you, you you can have six patients instead of three, yes, but it doesn't increase the plant count. It's still only twenty-four flowering plants. You should be able to do thirty-six if you have six patients. You know, and it's just I, again I this program. This program is set up to to make it difficult for people to have their own medicine without having to rely on dispensaries. You know, and we need competition if we are going to have affordable medicine, veterans and regular people. So I agree. I agree with you. Hold on, hey, hold on, just a
0: second. Did you say that the um, veterans fund gets two percent?
7: Yes. The the way your your rec is going to work, two percent goes to the veterans commission. Two percent goes to the public defenders. who the public defenders program who desperately needs that money also, and then two no, percent like goes towards. We, that money. we
2: just handed them $94 million. We fully funded the public defenders. How do you know that? Do you have you know, like the, public defender, right. bro. that's how I know it? I was in budget when it
7: happened. Okay, so here's what I know I had a public defender. Okay, I had a public defender. And when that guy greeted me behind that glass window when I was in jail, that dude called me the wrong name and accused me of the wrong crime. And at that point, I knew I had an overloaded, overwhelmed attorney trying to help out people that needed help. I needed help back then, so I believe in funding that program. Now, as for the bread, how much money's going there? I don't, I'm not an accountant, bro, and I'm not handling the way that they're. Doing.
2: Okay, so I don't know what else you want me is, to say. That that's money going to a program that we've already funded that could be going to some more money to veterans.
7: That the, the, the public defender system is so overfunded, underfunded. It's disgusting. What do
0: you mean? Okay, so 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 two percent is going to veterans. Well, here's here's what I, can I chime in on, on this? this? Where's the rest? Where's the rest of this uh, money going to go? Well, can I,
5: first can I is I going to expungements.
0: Two
7: percent to veterans. 2% to veterans, 2% to addiction clinics and addiction funding, and then 2% to your public defender's programs. So
0: that's
7: 6%. It's a very low tax.
0: Okay. Um, so somebody was trying to speak a moment ago. Who was trying to break in there? I was,
6: if my mic is on. And,
0: and can you guys hear me? Yeah, it's Ben. Sorry, okay. my,
6: my phone overheated, so I had to... I had it literally hanging out the window here to cool it off. Okay. We're the
0: queens of, um, of, uh, of technical difficulties. Like so. Hey, man, I want I want whatever he's puffing on, though. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> so I know.
6: You got, I know you got the good stuff. Um, I just want to chime in on the whole public defender uh, situation. Um, I know some of you guys were talking about the taxes because that's where
0: I came yes. back in. We're talking yeah. about where the tax money is going to be fun, going to oh, be sure. put into. So, two percent is going to veterans, two percent to the public defender, and two percent to public programs. Is that? Did I get that right? Yes. Addiction That's programs. 6%. Addiction
6: so, programs. I mean, attention is more than most
0: places. So, You're cutting out. Kind of cutting out right now
3: nope
7: nope can't hear him
5: I like
1: this there's guy. a lot of hair splitting I'm <laughs> so curious, um, <laughs>
0: curious about where um, your tax money is going to go because that's really important a little off of Missouri topic but we were just recently having a discussion about Arkansas that has also got uh, an amendment on their ballot this year and they um, they have a ten percent tax. Fifteen percent of that is going to uh, to a police stipend, which I think if citizens of Arkansas knew that, they would maybe not want to vote for that, not want their tax money. To I don't think the police, um, because yeah. because generally speaking, as a community, as a cannabis community, um, we don't see eye to eye with the police. You know,
6: you know, uh, that was where the cannabis freedom act went south with the uh, the second house committee when they introduced these amendments because they actually included funding for police, which I, I agree. There should be we should limit our funding of police to a degree. Um, and one of the one of the one of the methods of doing that is well hell end civil asset for sure. And so um, on the issue of public defenders, I want to get do I have a better connection now? Yes. Okay, good. You know, there would be no need for public defenders if we were actually legalizing cannabis, but unfortunately we're not. And so one of the things that came to light during our campaign for the Cannabis Freedom Act is uh, law enforcement groups reached out to the Public Safety Committee and they said, hey, you guys are removing cannabis from the revised statutes list, Schedule 1, we're no longer going to be able to enforce DUIs. And a big light bulb, you know, went off. I said, "Absolutely, that's you're absolutely right. You're not going to be able to force shit because as soon as you remove cannabis as a Schedule One drug, you know, it's, it's right. going to be as legal as a carrot. You know, and so right. there's these, there's just like these core critical issues of legalization that we're not talking about. The campaign, okay, per- purposefully. Let me finish. Hold on, let me finish. Yep. They purposefully, yep. they purposefully excluded that. Not only that, but they downplay its importance. And so those are the issues I've had um, because they could have easily inco- included a clause to end civil and forfeiture that I don't understand. They could have easily included, you know, remove cannabis from Missouri's revised statute, list control substances, but they didn't do that. And, and I think the reason they did, and I can only speculate. So this is pure speculation. The reason they didn't do that is because you do have attorneys who profit from prohibition. You do have attorneys with practices that are built on, uh, defending cannabis uh, offenders that's my opinion yep. I
0: mean and, yep.
6: you know and also and also you have a campaign that just raised another million dollars and so you know it puts a lot of people out of work. 700
7: 700
6: 000. yeah close to a million
7: yeah um okay all right, so, so- let me, can I get back to the – core? The, the, the reason you even started this, Ben, was you were talking about public defenders, but you're, you're kind of straying off course there. I want to go back to something you just said. You said go that ahead. if we legalize cannabis the right way, we wouldn't have to participate in the public defender program. I go with the motto that weed, weed is the exit, exit drug from a lot of things, including there's no reason at all that cannabis can't fund a public defender program that helps oh, other no,
4: people
2: know. besides just us.
5: Bro, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. No, I agree yeah. with that. You you know, like,
2: that's, that's not you know, the issue. You know, why are we overfunding them now? Like,
4: well, we that's just recently money. though.
2: Yeah, like this price, so like that, like, like just like happened after August 28th, before any, that, any of
4: this was written, like, we, we and they're still underfunded.
2: Everybody in the well, nation will knock out the them courts, so they they don't have an overload like they they once did. Moving Look. forward
1: let so me offer another speculative those men, I think the argument
2: here yeah i'm saying just like fiscally that's that's two percent you just don't they can go somewhere else here you go right here oh that's nice fancy 64 uh, m's bro so,
0: so, so then so then
6: so the question yeah. is how are they managing that how are they managing all those resources
1: Who's, who's asking? Well,
7: questions. listen, listen, uh, I oh, agree with no, you, Ben. Mm-hmm. I agree. There should always be accountability. With responsibility comes accountability. If somebody's yeah, screwed up, that's well, a problem.
5: Hey, I, I
3: actually have something to, to interject on that. I mean, just that's, whenever that's you're that's done, go ahead.
2: My issue with Amendment 3 the entire time is that there are all these places where see, there are these screw ups, not only financially, but also in social justice, also in application when you don't specify which departments are responsible for which portions of these, uh, of these responsibilities, like it's a lot of screw ups. And then you got people that don't understand the process that are saying, oh, we can go back and fix it. It's like, yo, man, I don't think y'all understand the amount of money that it costs and the time that it takes to go back and fix it. It's, it's not a go-back-and-fix-the-situation. It it's a so we don't need this.
4: So what do you want to go back and fix? That yeah. money is going to fund public defenders? Like, that seems like it would be low on the priority list of things. Yeah, to fix. I mean, it is. It is. It is. I mean, if we just talk about
2: taxes there. I mean, if we just having the
3: conversation
5: about right. taxes, but it, it, i think In every I argument think I come
4: Christina. across, everybody... I think Christina was
3: trying to talk, guys. Yeah, yeah I, I just I had a real quick comment about the accountability outcomes of it. This is another thing that I personally have an issue with, um, in regards to this initiative is it is set up to make DHSS this sole exclusive authority that operates with very little if any oversight or accountability. You know, it, it, it is written into this constitution, you know, subject to interpretation by someone eventually that um that 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 DHSS that, that that no elected official can interfere with or influence any of the administration of DHSS, of this program. That is a very far-reaching statement, okay? And I'm not a lawyer, Um, you know, I worked at a law office for several years, I helped draft um, city ordinances, and one thing that I learned in that process was that you have to be very, very, very specific about what you write, and otherwise you're opening yourself up for loopholes, you know, and to say that DHSS has this this you know separate existence you know outside that they are operating outside of legislative interference or interfere you know influence what does that even mean that could mean literally like we don't have to show you our budget what is what what
6: does uh absent good cause for denial mean? I mean there's, there's so so my
3: my point my point being my problems. point being that you know if you support accountability sure. which yeah I have absolutely no doubt that Daniel does you know um If you support that accountability, the problem with this initiative is that there is no accountability, you know, and again, this is the the, the precedent that I said was so dangerous and why I'm so concerned about the future, the long term repercussions of this is when you put this into something, this this is going to have the, the, the backing of our entire state, the full force of our state is going to be behind this. To defend whatever it means to say that DHS gets to do this without legislative interference. I mean, that's huge. That is a that is a a, a get out of jail free card that I, I think that only lawyers can truly understand. And the lawyers who have commented on that that specific issue have said that this this is scary. You know. Hopefully, I was hoping that one of those people would volunteer, um, you know, to take part in this. Unfortunately, you know, I don't think that um, he is able to, but, you know, this this is a big deal and we can't, we cannot vote on it without fully understanding. It. People need to fully understand what consequences this is going to have.
7: Thank you, Daniel. Yes, yeah, yeah, you betcha. Um, it, it, it should be like that with anything that we vote on. Any any subject, any anything at all that we vote on as Americans, we should always try and understand the best of our abilities. Yes.
0: Also, also, some some of the conversation is well, you know, it's it's like this one point is what's really important to me, and I would encourage you as voters to vote beyond one single point because, yeah, it's it's so important. There's a lot of Um, there's a lot of questions that that we obviously have about this bill. I wanna pause for a moment and I wanna give a shout out to the Cola Lounge. Cola Lounge is hosting us today. And if you guys can see scrolling across the bottom, that's their cash app link. If you guys wanna just throw like a dollar or $5 or whatever, support Cola Lounge. They just moved to a new location. Um, Local St. Louis, nice lounge to hang out, smoke with your friends. It's where buds meet. Um, so yeah, uh, help out, throw, throw a couple bucks at the Cola Lounge, it's dollar sign, the Cola STL. If you guys want to do that, um, this show is always and also brought to you by Queen Kitty Seltzer. Queen Kitty Seltzer, pop this kitty, put it in your mouth. That is our CBD, low CBD, sugar-free um, seltzer. Uh, we've just uh, done a label changeover, and we are working on infiltrating a city near you, so look out for us. Um, and uh, CQ LLC, of course, we're uh, cannabis consulting and education. We are qualified and licensed in the state of Colorado to teach responsible vendor training, and if you need any help in your or your grows or your uh, extractions or kitchens, Uh, In Colorado or outside of the state, we'll be happy to help you out. We are a nationally based company and we'll be happy to travel to 970-465-985 to reach us or customer service, CQLC at gmail.com. So we are getting um, about uh, probably about uh, 30 minutes more or less um, towards the end of the show. And I want to give everybody an opportunity to um, have last comments and everything. Um, but first, I really I really want to just go back to this piece because on the cannabis closet, this piece is probably one of the more important pieces um, for us. And we kind of touched on it a little bit when we were talking about micro licenses and such. But I would really like to know um, under Amendment 3, what does Amendment 3 um, do for um, how, to, how will it impact um, minority communities and communities of color, and um, and uh, more socially, uh, economically, uh, poor communities as well.
7: I'd love to start. I'd love to start.
0: We'll, we'll give it to you. It's not,
7: it's not enough, it never will be. Um, because of what happened to our country over the last 80 something years, it's not enough. In fact. No bill I've seen in the United States of America or initiative or any attempt whatsoever at these laws has been enough but at, at all. So, like, I, I just want to say that, like, that's really important for me to say. And and second, like, I, I have to say, I don't I can't I can't stand on that platform and scream it. Because truth is, I also agree with everyone in the room, probably, that that uh, that no law that will be passed in the United States of America has has benefited enough um, people that that needed to be benefited.
2: So I'd like specifically, to specifically, in regards to this industry. Uh, very much so. Very A3 much so. Targeted here in this industry and specifically. Uh, so uh, I think the A three actually doesn't do anything to to change. You know, the move the needle in my in my communities, uh, our communities of Black and Brown folks, or even poor people. Um, it doesn't even give them an opportunity to get into the game and actually try to change their situation or create generational wealth for their communities by the people around them. Um, so, I mean, what it does do is allow police to have more interaction with the general public and people that are probably in those neighborhoods. Again, you run the risk of the Mike Browns and the, the uh, thousands of other names where police should have been just minding their business, but they wanted to jump on somebody for selling a Lucy or selling burn CDs or collectively doing something. And, uh, that's what it does do. So that's how it, that's how it potentially will move the needle. And I, 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 suggest, I, I expect it will.
6: I'd like to tee up Christina for this. Cause I know she's very well versed on this. If I may.
3: Oh, the, the, the micro businesses. Yeah, yeah. you you, wow, you, you already missed it. my uh, my breathless rant on that one. Yeah,
0: so the well, question I'd like is, to say is, something. How is, how is Amendment Three going to impact um, minority communities, communities of color, and um, poor communities, or poor communities, um, low income?
6: My my opinion is it's going to hurt those communities, like it like Amendment Two has already done, and um, you know. But you guys probably went over all the details. I'm assuming you went all the details of micro businesses before I jumped on. Yeah, we talked a
0: bit about it about the difference between a micro business and a large, more uh, corporate uh, model. Yeah, we all agree. I don't,
2: think, exactly.
6: I don't think that there's going to be any micro businesses, in my opinion. I don't think there's going to be any at all. I think there'll be zero micro businesses. You know, when you have you, you give the industry 18 months to go to market. And then you expect there to be, you know, a market after that. I mean, these guys, these guys are going to stack licenses. They're going to – you know, you can't compete with the person who owns 10 dispensaries in your region or has a 100,000-square-foot facility. Um, especially it's if you just, can't do not, business with them. Especially you can't do business – yeah. It's, so it, I think it's just a carrot. I think it was a, tr- a, a tricky little carrot they were dangling in front of minorities and underprivileged saying, hey, you know, we're going to give you a slice of the pie. But – You know, I will say, because I have spoke with Dan personally on this issue, that it's one of the things that he says he fought to uh, bring to the table, that Normal specifically brought that to the table. Um, Because here's the reality, guys, and I'm sure you spoke on this, Christina, maybe you haven't, but I'm going to say it anyway for the viewers. The reason you don't have an equitable market today in the state of Missouri is because the medical marijuana industry – Killed our chances in the legislature with the Cannabis Freedom Act. They are the only people, they are the only, literally the only people in the entire state of Missouri that uh, campaigned against
5: or testified
6: against our bill. If Mark, if, and and I know that Wiley's familiar with this, uh, but Mm -hmm. you know, if Ron Hicks' bill was passed, you'd have a fair and equitable market, you'd have an open market as as it should be. But what they did with Amendment Two. And we actually asked voters to turn out amendment, Two as well. It may come as a shock to some, but we were campaigning against that, too, because we knew it was going to monopolize the industry. I mean, all you had to do was read the damn thing. And we knew they were going to set themselves up for turnkey wreck operations, which is exactly what they've done. Yeah. And so, um, you know, the people who finance the Legal Mode 2022 campaign don't want to see legalization. They don't want to see a fear in free market. If they did, they would have got behind Ron Hicks. In our efforts, um, they don't want competitive market. Uh, they don't care about equity. They may pretend they do, but they really don't. Um, and, you, you know, money talks. And when I see seven million dollars being poured into that campaign, you know that employs people like Tom Robbins and Steve Tilley, uh, who have stifled and/or sabotaged our efforts every step of the way. And Christina could tell you because she was there the day it was supposed to go to the House floor. Dean Plowser all of a sudden. Oh well, it doesn't have enough demand. Oh really? No,
3: that was a uh, Fraker gave gave him a call. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Oh really? It Doesn't have enough demand. Is that is that a, is that right? So the House can wrote, vote almost unanimously on eliminating license caps to 2020, but it doesn't have enough demand. Uh, the people can rally by the thousands, and we, look at the movement we sparked. You know, it doesn't have – No, it's because people like Robbins and Silly got in their ears. And we saw this firsthand, so I could say this. You know, we saw this with our own eyes. They threatened lawmakers. They bribed others. They threatened to campaign against them or support their opponents in this upcoming election. This is the kind of business that, you know, legal Mo 2022's lobbyists are up to. And so they can talk all day long, but we saw it firsthand. So uh, we're not going to have equitable market so long as the industry profits – and so that brings me to my final point. I'll, I'll just I'll just jump off of this. I've called upon every single person in Missouri to boycott the industry mm-hmm. until they're willing to put their money towards creating a uh, fair and equitable market and actually ending prohibition. I don't want to give them a dime. Understand? It was your money that financed this campaign. The millions of dollars they raised came from the dispensaries. Yes. Okay. It's your money that is that is creating the system and so i'm you know maybe an extreme form of protest but i'm calling upon people to stop spending your money until again they're willing to do the right thing i'm not against business and i'm not against people profiting from cannabis i am against this corruption through and through so with that i'll i'll shut up and let anybody else
0: get on well thank you um so the question is still on the table um that this, uh, how does this uh, help minority communities or hurt minority communities um, and low-income communities? Um, One of the questions that I I kind of want to tie into that is, um, is it, I mean, I don't don't feel like anybody believes that it's helpful that the police can still arrest you on some of these cannabis charges. Can we all agree that that's not going to be helpful?
2: I mean, I just don't want the interaction. I I want to minimize the police interaction in very specific neighborhoods where people are where there's already a high level of distrust with police. Um, And it's just why would you give them fiscal encouragement to then go and deal with the general public and they can get paid off tax up ticket.
4: What is the realistic alternative? Is it a completely yeah. unregulated marijuana market? Is it that's, just that's there's true. no rules? There's just legal. chaos. Do not put. It those illegal, right. in it's,
1: in just it's just kind of stipulations, and in my opinion, yeah. yeah, those stipulations can be changed. Those, yeah, you know, like that, they don't have to be agreed upon. Um, yeah. Why? Why would you? Why is it? Okay also, just
0: a, and just and just a little piece on your expungement on on the expungement with this bill. Um, your governor stated, with like, with his whole chest, that that they don't agree with Biden's stance on this. Um, the pardons, but, you know, so they they won't they won't participate in that. So again, that makes me question this automatic expungement. Um, it's something that I feel like um, when I heard about this. And again, I'm not in Missouri. You guys got to make your own decision based on what you've heard here today. But um, that's one of the things that I think I had like the biggest problem with is it doesn't automatically sponge really anything, um, unless you're already out of jail and living your life. And also it it still has that piece where you're gonna have interaction on some level with the police concerning cannabis. And we don't want that interaction with the police concerning cannabis because cannabis is literally not harming us. When,
4: but we're already having interactions with the police.
0: Yeah, when, that's where we're, we're at them. now.
5: White yeah. so, but they're yeah.
0: saying yeah. that there, there's certain instances where they're going to interact. And I'm going to be real... Mm-hmm. Can, be can I clarify? Hold on just a second, because I really do want to make this point, because not a single white person has been... But let me just be real clear with you guys. We aren't going to be as high of risk of having those interactions as our neighbors of color are going to be and have always been and i understand that some of you have a history with interactions and i totally i totally understand that and i'm i I hear where you're coming from but i'm just i'm just gonna be real clear with y'all it's it's not even on percentage alone it's not even close to what people of color have to deal with on a daily basis just walking out of their house. Now imagine that they're breaking some kind of cannabis law that's written into Amendment 3. When, like, Literally when they say they're legalizing cannabis, that's what people are going to think, and they're not going to think anything beyond that, and then they're going to get arrested for cannabis. And now you got a whole another situation where we have communities who have distrust around things that they could be involved in and they should be involved in.
3: You know, I, okay. I, would like, I would like to say, you know, that, that the, the the point that has been repeatedly made by Amendment 3, you know, by Legal Mode 2022, is what is the better option? You know, we're already in such a shitty situation right now. You know, well, sorry, guys, this is the best option we have. Again, the only reason this is the best option is because of what happened with the Cannabis Freedom Act. Okay, best. But beyond that, why should we choose something that is horrible? that is going into our constitution just because they're supposedly not a better option. I can think of a better option. And that is to wait. You know what, what very few people realize is that we did something mm. that has never before happened in Missouri's history. Okay. The cannabis freedom act was filed in the middle of February. All right. Within With three no weeks, money. With within no money. three weeks, we had a committee hearing. Everyone told us that was not going to happen because nowhere in the history of Missouri has an adult use, Bill ever made it to committee and out of committee. Okay. So we are closer. We are closer than anyone wants you to believe. Imagine if we did that in three weeks, what could we do in a year? What could we do in two years? What could we do if just enough people got together for six months? You know? But more importantly, there is change coming. Okay. I am I am I am fully invested in that. You know, more importantly, because based based on the fact that I was there at the Capitol, I was talking to our representatives, I was talking to our senators. You know, and they recognize as well that this is coming. You know, but but the the most important part of this is that we not give up this close to the finish line. And let me this this is this is the example that I give. Imagine for a hundred years, you know, the cannabis community is fighting. For, for legalization for 100 years, for an entire century. These people are fighting for, for legalization. We get to the finish line. The finish line is in sight. It's been 100 years, and we're finally making progress. And Legal Mo, Amendment 3 is seeing, if we pass something like the Cannabis Freedom Act, prohibition will actually be over. So to prevent us from doing that, they're offering us three ounces, and um, a couple of little perks here and there, if we, if we agree to make prohibition a permanent part of our constitution. You know, imagine giving up at the finish line. Like these, the cannabis community has been fighting this for so long. Why would you give up at the finish line? Why would you accept something this horrible when we have literally, we made history happen? We were part of it. Why would you give in? That's my question.
7: Can, can I answer you?
0: Um, yeah, yeah. Actually, actually hold that. I'm going to go to Nate. I want final thoughts from Nate and you can answer that question or you can go to final thoughts and Daniel, I'll let you go next. All
7: right. All right I, can, uh, I, can give you, I can give you final thoughts and that. Okay.
4: Okay. So the original question that was posed to us is what do we think the passage of amendment three is going to do for minorities? Okay. And um. the answer is quite a bit. So if if you're talking about actual equity and ownership and uh, the economics of, uh, of of equity, then you'll find no disagreement with me that it doesn't go near far enough. But who do you think is most affected by the the possession laws that we have now? Well, it's overwhelmingly black and brown people that that's a fact and we're reducing penalties you the the spin on this is like we are increasing penalties. we are increasing interactions and there's a whole lot of hyperbole in in these discussions but the truth is is we are reducing interactions and we are reducing the sentences no no no, let me finish i have been really polite i have been really polite through this whole thing please let me finish my man how can you how, how can you deny that how can you deny that?
2: Because it's who ask
4: who are you trading the the, the interactions that we're going to have because somebody is smoking uh, mm-hmm. cannabis in a public square versus we. somebody who losing? <clears throat> sense, okay, enough uh, to going to uh, thousands of of convicts with their record expungement uh, and the, the current uh, people we have incarcerated for cannabis. You're going to you're going to say that okay, well, uh, stop and cite mandate, which isn't a thing we're going to trade that f- for this.
2: Yeah. I mean,
6: you just I say stop and sight. Isn't a thing. I'm sorry. I, st- I know I was going to be quiet, but did you just say the stop and sight isn't a thing? There is no stop
4: and sight mandate. That is yes. complete uh, okay. bullshit.
6: Okay. It's not. First of all, you can go back and watch the PBS special with Ashley Blam and love where John Payne admits on national television that there is a stop and sight clause to find people for Listen, public use, $100, and it goes on the records. I don't know who the hell he keeps telling you guys. Dan Vietz likes to spread lies and fill people with... I just birds. read it for him. I'm I mean, saying Dan right that you there, were just guy.
4: saying, you know... If you put you that act in, like we're, we're, you're
6: making this shit up because we hate John Payne. No, we're, 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 we're telling you... If you're making this that, stuff this up because, because you, really you don't understand
4: law. how to read the law. It's, That's clear.
6: It, I'm sorry? It says $100 fine for public use. That's a in, general, in
4: general, all of, all of everything, every argument that you have thrown against the amendment is factual. It, it is not. 100%. It is, it is not.
6: That's why, that's why we forced, and it was Christina, a hot creditor for this.
4: You, know, you guys they, they, are going around they telling, they telling people that there is no expungement program
3: well, well, that that
4: is, no, not, not,
5: and that is and that
3: completely bullshit. Hey, hey, and hey, that hey, is, dude, that hey, is complete bullshit. Was, real, crazy. real quick, real
0: quick, real quick. Real quick. On, pause for a second. I can. I will. allow everybody? For just just to be clear, though, the things that we're addressing about the expungement clause about the micro licenses about um actually all of these points have actually been read directly from the amendment so there's no
4: you're uh, misinterpreting it so much but you're not in a position you're 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 not qualified to make that claim we we, we,
3: who amongst us is but two two
4: more importantly really um, wiley because you've been wrong half this podcast too hang on hang on what was i just about to say
6: What, what do you man? Look, we've been working one on oh. one with these lawmakers
5: since February.
4: Right, right, right. Hey. If if Ron Hicks' bills would have passed, if if the cannabis freedom act would have done this, if my mom had balls, she would have been my dad. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Every resistance has failed, and you no. can provide no reasonable path to what you are asking for. And Failure has finality. For is open Where is the finality? Because the- let's all admit it: the best yeah. sex, uh, the best social equity program is open licensing. That is what this entire fight is about. Let me go back to
0: something happening right now in this bill. So if that's not going to be the best... for You were
4: just talking about the governor who is the leader of our Missouri Republican Party and his anti-cannabis stances. And you want me to believe that you're going to be able to push something through the
3: legislature? You're not. (laughs) Amendment 3 wants us to believe that our legislature is going to fund this expungement program. And I just want to be very clear about something. We are not the ones... Who said anything about the expungement program not existing? That was research conducted by the NAACP. They are the ones who first posted about that a, and revealed that that was not me or any of the other people in this room. That was a professional organization okay. for minorities who came up with that. Okay.
0: So Nate, hey,
7: guys, guys, so can, Nate, I, can Nate, I talk? Can I talk for just a second?
0: Nate, final thoughts, then we're passing to Daniel.
4: Look, don't let the uh, the great be the enemy of the good. This when you take away license, this is just my opinion. When you take away licensing, Amendment three is the most progressive adult use program to be implemented across the country throughout this whole thing. No one has been able to give me a a state to compare. Otherwise, Uh, I want you to to be realistic. I'm almost done. I'm almost done, Ben, buddy. I want you to be realistic about your expectations. MCI failed. Uh, Fair Access, Missouri failed. HB 2704 failed. What are how long are we really going to say no to the expungement and the release of literal tens of thousands? I
6: have when you when you
4: add expungements for for prior convictions, it's literally tens of thousands of people, uh, people's lives that are going to change. You're going to give access to Missourians. Does licensing suck? Absolutely. Is it a bunch of greedy bastards at the end of it? Yes, we agree on all of that. But at the end of the day, there's no realistic alternative. There's no path forward. And here is a chance for us to have the best program in the state so far.
0: Okay. That's Daniel, my final I words. Gotta final thoughts. I got to
6: respond. I got to respond. Let me, let me respond just a few things and then I'll shut
0: Daniel. Yeah, hold, hold on, hold on just a second. Daniel, I'm, I'm going to go to Daniel for final thoughts. We are, we're getting close to the end of the show and we'll come to you, Ben. Okay. And then we'll, we're going to give Wiley the last word.
5: Okay.
7: And I appreciate everybody's voice tonight, and I respect everybody in the room and everybody's listening. Um, I'll say it like this. There's different, different things that were happening in Missouri over the last year. Ron Hicks' bill was wonderful. So many good things could have came from it. But I cannot live in the skeleton of a House bill that didn't, doesn't exist anymore. Number two, I'd like to quote Representative Ashley Bland-Manlove, who said that no legislation gets by in less than seven years. That's just real. You can see it with the federal government now. They've been talking about cannabis for the last five years. They're going to talk for the next two. Maybe we'll get something out of it. But the fact is, politicians are not there to save us. Individual politicians, sometimes they've got the right idea. But as a whole, they've never been out to save the cannabis folks. They've never been out there for us. So myself, I don't see another path, and I'm sick of sitting where I'm at. I do believe that there's, there's more to do and so much more to fight for. And that's exactly why I appreciate everybody in this room. Cause you're all activists that have become activists and I appreciate everybody, but that's where I'm at. Yes. On three.
0: Thank you. Um, ben.
6: Yeah. I just wanted to just a few things. Yes. One. And Daniel, I second that I appreciate you and I appreciate you, Nate and the different opinions. And I think we all have the same mentality that we want to see the end of prohibition. Um, At some point, Um, Nate, I think you had asked a question or you had posed this point about minority communities. And I'm I'm speaking of this as not not, as not a minority, but as somebody who's uh, close to the source and has been working with representatives in that area. And I can tell you that nobody in those communities is thrilled about Amendment 3. Nobody. There's a reason the Black Caucus so you speak for the black community. There's a reason why the community no, leaders no, are coming no, out. There's a reason no, the NDA, no, NAACP no, has come out against it. There's a reason why black people no, in general are going to vote no, no against Amendment uh, no, three. Okay. No. Nobody's excited about it in those communities.
0: Uh, unless it's and,
4: crazy unless, that you unless, talk unless to again, every minority in all these communities.
0: I can mute your mics or you can mute them yourselves. Uh, we're going to let Ben finish his uh, statement because this is his uh, his final thoughts. Thank so.
6: you. And and I will I will say follow up with that. If they are excited, it's because they're running campaign talking points like yourself, man. And and that's all they are. I mean, I've heard all these arguments about access, dude. If you're having trouble getting access to pot in Missouri at this point, you are seriously doing something wrong. You're living under a rock. There's so much pot in this state from. Every other state that's come. I mean, Oklahoma, for God's sakes. Um, you know, if you're ever having trouble getting access to this whole argument about access, we're going to give more access. What does that even mean? Uh, you can get pot anywhere, any time of day throughout the state of Missouri. I think the whole argument is asinine. Um, but I just, I just, I just, I hope that you guys, you know, I, I guess on the other side will reconsider position in the end because i think this is going to create some serious issues for the state as far as uh what daniel said and then i'll end with this um you know you said something about and there not being any um real option or something along those lines other than amendment three well i vehemently disagree with that and i don't think that's a good reason to put something in our constitution that we know we can't change not let alone the industry is not going to allow it again the point th- th- these are the facts. You guys, you guys can argue with it all you want. But again, we were there. We're in these closed-door meetings with the lawmakers. The industry killed our chances at any prohibition, period. The medical marijuana industry killed our chances at any prohibition, period. Okay, They are not going to allow you to make changes to create a more equitable market after Amendment 3 passes. They're not going to do that. They're going to fight tooth and nail. When you hand them a $2 billion industry, they're going to do the same shit they've been doing Excuse my language. They'll send their lobbyists who, again, will who blackmail, or excuse me, not blackmail, who will bully, threaten, uh, you know, promise uh, campaign money. I mean, look what just happened with Mayor Lucas, who was an, who was an opponent for months and months. He was on our side. For months and months and months, he's out. and He's openly speaking out against Amendment 3 and the marijuana cartel. And then all of a sudden, the last minute, like Christine just said, we're at the finish line. He flips the script. Well, Why did he do that? Maybe it has something to do with his run for Congress. Maybe the industry approached him and said, we're going to support your run for Congress. This is what they do. And you guys have to understand that by giving these people the money, they're also going to control the politics of the state for an indefinite period of time. That's what they're doing. And so, um, you know, from the very top down again, Steve Tilly is is happens to be Governor Parson's good buddy. Okay, the most powerful man in the state of Missouri, you know, who Republican lawmakers shudder when you bring his name up in the halls of, of the Capitol. Refuse to talk about Steve Tilly. Why? Because he'll kill, he'll kill their bills or he'll kill their campaign or... This is what we're dealing with, but thus, that's who represents this, this Amendment 3. So, uh, m- bigger picture, you know, is we're up against those kind of people. So we don't want to hand them, you know, this industry that's going to, um, that's going to add fuel to what they're doing, Mm
5: -hmm.
6: you know, Um, and that would be my point for your consideration. And I'm I'm done.
0: Thank you. And uh, who. Joined us live, Wiley Price. Joined us live. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. We love oh, live guests. Yeah, it's, thanks it's our favorite. It's not
1: my first time in the live.
0: <laughs> and um, so, so final thoughts um, on. Um, kind of think
2: backwards. Um, I mean, as I said earlier, um, when you this whole idea of this is you know better than what we got. I, again, when you see a group of people starving in a situation. And you go to them like, hey, you know, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna help y'all out in this second round, and, and I'm gonna make sure y'all don't starve. And in the second round, you hand them shit sandwiches. Like, I just rather continue to starve. Um, this is a, this is a this is an insult as far as criminal justice goes, because we already have decriminalization in the city of St. Louis as well as the city of Kansas City, um, and this is going backwards. So right now, as it stands, if a cop sees a blunt on the corner, He's just going to drive by. He knows it's decriminalized. He knows that they're not prosecuting anything less than hundred grand, Right? He knows this. If Amendment I 3 passes, that, that encounter could go completely left at any given time. And the best case scenario is that the cop leaves me with a $100 fine. Um, that's very, very relevant in my community. It's very, very relevant in, in poor communities where police... Patrol, you know what I mean? Um, and so f- for me, uh, saying that this is the best thing, this is better than what we got, I'll just stick with what we got. Uh, as it stands right now, uh, the police are pretty much on a, on a hands-off deal on this, unless it's a big deal. But at, with a man with three passing, if they see three guys hanging out in the park, they can go run up on them like, you know, guns a if they if they want, because they are – Wiley i want
7: to, I want to point out i want to point out that you're in a class one city that can make those kind of rules I live in a class three city we can't make those kind of rules that you made a hundred dollar fine is a blessing down where I'm at
1: or no fine but that's, yeah, be, but that's really fine.
4: Really i agree I'm,
2: and where I meant, there's no fine and, and what you're suggesting that we no, do, it's felony
4: right that that's the alternative where you're at no, right if you're you. caught smoking weed
2: no, not in St. Louis. It's okay. Okay.
4: No, that's what I'm saying. St. Okay. St. Louis has the, the ability. The- so
0: that's what it should do. That's St. What Louis the state
2: should
4: do. I'm from the rest of the country.
0: It's not
7: like that here.
0: The state. The yeah, state I'm, I'm in
7: a class. I'm in a class three city. I'm in a class three right. city. You're in a class one city.
0: The point. The yeah. point being is that those interactions won't happen under decriminalization here, right? So, so then to vote for Amendment Three. Would create a situation where they would have probable cause, if you would, to come up on a situation where you're just hanging out with a couple of your buddies, and that's that's kind of problematic. That, that, but that's, we that's
7: valid in St.
5: Louis. It's valid in St. Louis.
0: We are, are does speak at to the, rest the end of, the of our time. I really appreciate. We both really appreciate. Excuse me, um, you guys all coming on. Uh, thank you so much for being such. Um, such strong advocates for your position and, and coming on and just, you know, facing the fire. We really do appreciate it. Um, we wish we had more time. We could go for hours and hours on this. We understand that. Uh, but, but unfortunately, we do have to wrap the show up. Uh, it, for, for those of you watching, uh, this show uh, today was sponsored by the Cola Lounge, who let us use this space to record. Um, Also sponsored by Queen Kitty Seltzer, which is uh, mine and MJ's low-CBD, no-sugar seltzer, and um, CQ LLC. And also, oh, yeah, Holler uh, for St. Louis Cannabis Club. They got a peach mango in that low-CBD sugar-free seltzer, a peach mango, made with organic terpenes come check them out Um, and they got lemon as well. Right. They got lemon and peach mango. Um, So yeah, definitely come check them out, check out the new Cola lounge. They're going to be open um, soon. I believe Um, definitely if you have a couple bucks and you want to throw it in, donate to the Cola lounge, the, um, the cash app is scrolling across the bottom. It's dollar sign the Cola STL. We really appreciate you. We really appreciate everybody being in the comments today you guys the show blew up and we really are so happy that you were here uh we hope that the information that you gathered today was helpful um for those for any of you that were undecided um and most importantly uh, most importantly please go vote this conversation does not matter at all if you don't show up. To- so we know that this is midterm time, and it's not usually when people go out and vote. But honestly, these are the most important elections that you could vote in. So please go out and vote in your midterm elections. Please go out and vote um, either for or against uh, this amendment, however you see fit for your life and for your community. And um, just make sure that your voice is counted and heard. So go out there and vote. Make sure that you guys see that. We are in St. Louis for the rest of the week, so definitely hit us up. You can find me, Canna Queen DGO, everywhere I go. So if you're on social media, just look me up and I'm probably there. Um, And uh, we really thank you for being in person today. It was so nice to meet you, by the way. We've heard many things, many good things about you. And um, thank you, audience, and thank you, um, panelists, for joining us today. Uh, we are not going to have a would you rather. We're not going to bring down this vibe with a weird would you rather question, but <laughs> join us on Monday and we will bring you one. Uh, we will be back on the road on Saturday. So definitely hit us up if you want to hang out. St. Louis, we're here. Um, always, as always, be nice to yourself. Put your mask on before assisting others. You can't love others if you don't love yourself first. Love yourself.
1: Yeah, y'all. Um, I did not get to say a lot at all because I was just taking in everything that everyone had to say. And as my final thoughts, I'd like to just remind everyone that your vote does matter, as many people have said here. Um, really understand what you're voting for. Um, what I gathered from this and what I my takeaway is that Everyone's kind of got their little pieces that they like about this, but also, you know, and they're willing to stand on that hill and go for it. But then they're also saying, no, I don't really like that or agree with that over there, but I'm still going to vote for what I like, even if it doesn't serve everybody. And I think everyone should revisit that thought and, uh, and take this as a whole that okay, we've been waiting and waiting and waiting. Well, y'all can wait a little bit longer Mm -hmm. Um, because if we want everything to be done right federally, we should do it right statewide, right? We should be leading as an example, each state, each of us representing um, our communities of what is best for everyone in this industry. We are still a baby industry. We can still make the things go the way that works for everybody, for mom and pops, for patients, for big cannabis, there's a place for everybody for this. And so everybody that's, you know, there's, there's a, there's a piece for it, for everyone. And we shouldn't be fighting each other on it. Okay. And, and so with that cultivate love, bring it to you because we all do deserve it. Deserve all right, it yeah, and, one, um, and if you can't find that love, then you give us a shout and we'll, we'll help you out with that. Um, we got people's, uh, you know, to help spread that. So, Um, And and in the end, yeah, always stay Stay lifted. lifted. You guys, we'll see you on Monday. Thanks for
0: joining us. Show. Love you. (laughs) And we're off. We're going.